all right everyone hello welcome back to um another episode of midwest madness um your true crime cult conspiracy encrypted podcast i'm emily and i'm danielle and i'm telling the story today <laughs> you seem real confused about it still i don't no, know i'm not i'm just just gonna i was trying to think if there was anything we needed to talk about before i mean it's thanksgiving week for our american listeners yeah which is most people um true so happy thanksgiving early early <laughs> um are you gonna post that article i sent you i didn't know you wanted me to well i mean it's your case yeah i certainly can why would you not i don't know i didn't have a time to read the whole thing i was <laughs> at work and then i forgot about it okay to be completely honest with you um so I guess we can't even talk about that because you didn't Sorry. read it. I uh, was at work. I work with children. It was a full moon. They were nutsola. This sounds like an excuse. It is an excuse, but it's also a reason why I didn't get to read the whole article. That's fine. But I you should read it. And I have a desk it. job. Let's see if I can get your boy to sit with me. Hey. He won't stay. That's all right. I'll take it for now. Okay. Um, all right, well then, I guess we can just get right into it. Um, I don't know how long this is going to be. I say that every time. Uh, yeah, I was going to say it's that's really nothing just new. A gamble at this point. Yeah, um, same. But I'm doing a pretty popular case, I would say. Ooh. Um, I mean, I, if you've seen Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix, then you'll know this case. Yes, but do I remember the case? That's a very I'm sure once different thing. <laughs> we get into it. You'll remember. Okay. Um so we're gonna be going to Kansas. Um and like I said, it's pretty popular. I'm sure most of you have heard of it before. And I know you've definitely heard it before too. Okay. Um this case kind of actually reminds me of a case I did before. That used happens to be in Kansas, kind of in a way, but not. A whole oh my gosh! Lot. I just remembered something. Sorry, not to interrupt you. This is our fiftieth episode. Oh, it is. Yeah. So happy big five zero, M. Woohoo! Go us. I was gonna mention it earlier, and then I completely forgot. So sorry. <laughs> um, that's fine. Now, for I this is so dumb. I looked up the episode I was talking about. Yeah. And then I forgot to write it down. Nice. Um. Basically, it's the it's was the one where the 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 kid went to the party and he disappeared. Oh, um, God, what was his name? Do you want me to look on our list of? Oh gosh, right, Rand- Randy, 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 something. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so like, there's a couple similarities, but there's also some like very big differences. But okay. it's kind of it was kind of interesting. Um, okay, so I'm going to be. Telling the story of Alonzo Brooks. Okay, the name does not sound familiar. What are you doing, sir? All right. <laughs> I told you what I was going to say. Yeah, but did he have to go like through my legs and, rather than over them? Yeah. Um, all right, so let's head back to Sirius. Where the hell are you going? <laughs> Sirius. Um, Randy Leach. Yes. Leach. 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 L-E-A-C-H, right? Leach. Look at the name. Leech. Yep. Okay. Yep. <laughs> he, he's hitting me in the back of the head with his tail. I'm so sorry. He literally slept 
for like four hours before you got here. Well, now he's just being like weird. That's because he was with his cousin. Okay. All right. So April 3rd, 2004, and we are going to head to the small town of Gardner, Kansas, where 23-year-old Alonzo Brooks was currently living with his mom, Maria Ramirez. Now, of course, in true me fashion, um, we have to talk about uh, the city of Gardner, Kansas. Okay. Gardner is located in the far east side of the state, so not too far from the Kansas-Missouri border. It is just about 30 minutes southwest of Kansas City, um, so it's like closer to the northern part of the state. Okay. Gardner had about 10,000 residents in 2004. Alonzo was one of five children and had been born in Topeka, Kansas, before moving with his mom to Gardner between 1999 and 2000. Okay. So this is pretty recent. I wouldn't really say 21 years ago. Is that recent? Well, it's not like the seventies. I mean, I and your your last story was like in the what forties? So twenties. Was it really that? Oh. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when the episodes come out, I like legit have no idea what they're about. I'm like, I don't, I don't remember what we recorded this last session. So this is fun for me too. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so well, I don't remember. Sorry. Um. His parents did end up getting a divorce, and Alonzo had gotten a job as a custodian in Gardner um, at the company that his stepfather owned. So, Alonzo was known for his amazing sense of humor, his big bear... Or, sorry, I I need my glasses on. (laughs) This font is so small. His big, big love for the Kansas City Chiefs football team and for being the easiest guy in the world to get along with. He was also known as being laid back, a great friend, and a clean freak. So he seemed kind of like, you know, all-around good guy. Um, Kind of makes this even sadder. (laughs) All right, so back to April 3rd, 2004. Alonzo and his friend, 19-year-old Justin Sprague, 18-year-old Tyler Brugard, and 19-year-old Daniel Foon, we're headed to Lesange, Kansas. Try to move it closer for you. I don't. Oh. Um, now Lesange is about fifty miles south of Gardner, so. I still have no idea what this case is. You will. Okay. Fifty miles south of Gardner, which is where Alonzo is currently living. Okay. Lesange is even more remote than Gardner was. Uh, I looked it up on a map, and as far as I could tell. There's a Casey's and a Dollar General in town, and that's about it. Okay. So, your stereotypical teeny, teeny, teeny town. Yeah. It has just about a thousand residents, so very small. Yeah, that's tiny. Yeah. Alonzo had told his mother, Maria, that the party was a going-away party for someone who was going into the service, and that one of the people who was renting this farmhouse was someone who used to live in Gardner. And that's how they got the invite to the party. Okay. Now, I think it's important to note that Alonzo wasn't really known as a partier or someone who went to parties often. He for sure didn't go to parties often with Justin, Tyler, and Daniel because they were 18 and 19 years old and he was 23. Okay. So this was not like his usual crowd. No, he... Well, he had like just recently moved here. So these are his like newer friends, I would say. Okay. And he's just like... 
I mean, a 23-year-old compared to an 18-year-old. Yeah, that's... Big difference. Yeah. So, he usually just didn't go to these parties. Um, He just decided to do this night. Okay. Now, Alonzo hugged his mom, Maria, goodbye, and they headed out the door for the party. It seemed like there was kind of like a caravan of cars from Gardner heading to Lesange. Um, I don't know for sure who Alonzo rode with to the party. I think might have been his friend Justin but I do know that his like plan for his ride home was Justin for sure okay um Alonzo didn't have a driver's license so he couldn't drive himself where did Alonzo move from Topeka okay so that uh, in a big city that's not like super uncommon you know in like a city that's got a good transit system not uh, having a, a driver's license I don't know license. anything about Topeka but I'm just saying like if you like in the burbs when you're in your 20s people usually have their driver's license and so i was like oh that's kind of weird but now that i know that he came from like a bigger town or bigger city i would say it's because probably a city that uh isn't quite so weird to me yeah i mean if that's how you want to justify it i just i just it's i don't know like driving i know a lot of people who don't have driver's license how i don't like it that just doesn't my brain just doesn't understand like how do you do anything friends family yeah he worked with a stepdad so it's not like you really need that's yeah that's true cry for work that's true yeah um all right sorry anyways alonzo also had hurt his ankle a week before um i just want to note that too because that kind of comes up a little bit later so he was um, kind of limping and he had extra support in his um, boot for his hurt ankle. Okay. Um, when they, okay, so, um, I should backtrack here. So the town they're going to is 50 miles away. Yes. So that's at least an hour drive. Yes. So it's not a close party. No. Let's keep that in mind as well. Okay. Um, so when they finally did arrive to the party, um, it was a, like, farmhouse, kind of in the middle of nowhere, had a long driveway, like, one of those stereotypical things. Okay. Um, Alonzo walked out of the car, rocked up to the party, and yelled, who wants a beer? Um, again, just kind of the type of guy he was, outgoing. Also, a lot of people at this party were underage, and Alonzo was 23, so he probably was one of the ones who could have supplied the beer yeah um at first it seemed like everything at the party was going uh fine and fun uh if you're to believe alonzo's friends version of the night everyone seemed to be getting along and having a good time there were some reports however that there were some racial slurs being thrown around the party and tension between alonzo um who was one of the one of the only, if not the only, African American male person at this party, um, and the white party goers? The tension was pretty high. I think it just clicked on which story this is. Did it? I think so. Okay. Um, friends of Alonzo say they knew maybe about five to six people at the party out of anywhere from like fifty to seventy-five people. Okay. So they didn't really know much. They pretty much knew each other. Yeah. That's about it. Okay. Um, now, Justin says... Oops, sorry. I wrote the wrong name. 
not Justin. Um, give me one second here. You're good. Okay. Um, not Justin. I wish I had something to like. Daniel. Sorry. (laughs) It's like, I feel like I should be saying something. No. Daniel rolled with a girl named Nikki, and after being at the party for just about an hour and a half, they got a call to go to another party, so they left. Um, so just Daniel and Nikki left, or like Daniel, Nikki, and I think some other people that were okay. with Nikki. Okay. Um, Tyler, he was only at the party for about forty-five minutes before he headed out around eleven p.m. Now. I are you playing a game in the middle of my episode? <laughs> um, maybe. It's really rude. I can listen and look <laughs> at a thing on my phone at the same time. Um It's like petting serious. <laughs> okay, no, so Tyler Tyler and his friends was left. Only, no, I was only at the party for forty five minutes. Um again, they drove over an hour to get to this party. Yeah. So I don't know why one stayed for an hour and a half and one only stayed for 45 minutes. Kind of seems like a waste. So right right now, the only ones that are left after an hour and a half are Alonzo and um, the friend Justin. he... Justin. Thank you. I was going to say something with an L and I knew that was wrong. Well, like that he went with. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's what I mean. Yep. Um, now, Justin, who is Alonzo's ride home ran out of cigarettes while at the party so he went and asked Alonzo if he had any smokes which he didn't so Justin decided he was going to drive to the Casey's I I'm assuming it might have been something different by then back then but the gas station in town and pick up some more cigarettes um when Justin left the party he allegedly turned the wrong way and ended up getting lost Another source that sounds like something I would do (laughs) that I found said Justin's car ended up getting stuck and he couldn't get back to the party. So Justin just decided to call his friend Adam, who was at allegedly at the party as well, and ask him if he could get Alonzo give Alonzo a ride home. Um, this is the only time we hear about Adam. Okay, never see him mentioned again. No one else ever mentions him, just Justin, yeah, and. They never mm. interview him in, like, any of the document or the shows I've seen. Nothing. So Interesting. Don't really know who this Adam guy is, but that was apparently supposed to be his ride home now. The new ride home. Yes. Okay. Um, so, again, kind of weird. This is probably around 11, 30, 12 at night. Um, like, I highly doubt the one gas station in town is probably still open at this time. Well... Maybe it's because it's a small town. No, I know it's not because I looked up the hours. <laughs> oh. <laughs> of course you did. Yeah. Um. So kind of weird that he left, but whatever. Um. Apparently after Justin didn't return to the party, he just ended up going to a strip club. Okay. But if his car was stuck, I don't know how he got unstuck and made it to the strip club, but couldn't get unstuck and go back and pick up his friend, but whatever. (laughs) Now, the next morning... So weird. That's so weird. Alonzo's mom gets a call from one of Alonzo's friends asking if he was home. So she went to his room and noticed that his bed hadn't been slept in. 
Um, she oh, then went and God. looked to see if he was in the basement and he wasn't there either. So that's when she sort of began to panic. Can you just imagine like that feeling of dread where you're like, oh no. No. Ugh, it's got to just be the worst. Yeah. She starts calling all of Alonzo's friends that had went to the party with them asking if he was with them or if he knew if they knew where he were. Um, Justin told her that Adam was supposed to bring him home, but apparently Adam and Alonzo miscommunicated and didn't end up leaving with each other that night. It sounded like maybe, um, from Justin's understanding, Adam couldn't find Alonzo and he just, uh, assumed he went home with someone else. Okay. I'm not really sure, but that's... Mysterious Adam. Yeah, what's being said, so... Um... Okay, so now next, Alonzo's mom, Maria, calls Alonzo's best friend, Rodney English, from Topeka. Okay. And he comes down and is like, okay, I'm going to come help and we'll look around for him, whatever. Okay. Um, he gets to Gardner and a group of them, including Justin, head down to the house where the party was at in Lesange. Um, When they arrived at the property, they began to search to maybe see if Alonzo had just like passed out somewhere, mm-hmm. fell asleep in the house, passed out in the yard, whatever. Yeah. He wasn't a big partier, but you know, things happen. So, yeah, and like maybe since he didn't know who he was going home with, he was just like, well, screw it. I'll just go find somewhere to, yeah, spend the night and I'll call somebody in the morning or something mm-hmm. like that. But when they started looking into the windows of the house, they noticed that it was completely empty, which was kind of weird. Well, I mean, if you're, like, renting it, you know, if, if it's someone else's property and you're like, hey, can we just have a party there? That's No, they, like, lived there. Oh. Then that's really weird. Yeah. Hmm. I have no explanation for that. Yeah. Um, they started to search the property, and across the street from the home, they found Alonzo's boots and his hat that he was wearing. At this point, some man on a four-wheeler rolled up and told the search group that they needed to leave the property and that they were no longer welcome there. So the group left and went to the sheriff's office to report Alonzo missing. The sheriff's office... Um, and we don't know who that man was? No. Okay. Uh, from what I can tell, the sheriff's office gave the like typical, like, you have to wait 48 hours kind of answer. Um, but I think from what I understand, they still did go to the property that night and just okay. kind of like searched around to see if they saw anything themselves. So they like went, there was uh, the house and then like right behind the house, there was like a bunch of fields and then there's also like a creek that ran along the house. Okay. And so they just kind of like walked down along the creek and, you know, through the fields a little bit just to see if they could see anything, which they didn't. Um, on April... I really just hate, sorry, I just really hate that rule. Yeah. The whole, you gotta wait, because, like, in everything you hear, they're like, that first 48 hours is so important in a murder case, and, like... In a murder case. Yeah, I know, but the first step of a murder sometimes is being missing. Yeah, I know. So, I mean, I know I, that and, like, there's, I get like, it. a reason behind it. Yeah, but I get it, but it, it could sucks. Be, it's just, like, very frustrating, I'm yeah. sure, for a lot of people. All right, so on April 7th, 2004, the sheriff's department turned the case over to the KBI. How many days after was that? Do you know? Third, I think he went missing on the third. That's what I, I couldn't remember if it was the third or the fourth. Third. 
Okay. Sorry. Um, another KBI is obviously Kansas Bureau of Investigation. So kind of the FBI of Kansas. Kansas. Yep. Okay. Um. Sorry, I lost my spot because I had to scroll up. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Uh, the KBI did an extensive search of the property, which included um, like search and rescue, like cadaver dogs, as well as a team um, of divers who actually dove the creek waters to see if they could find a body. Okay. Apparently at this time, though, they How big is this creek if you can dive in well, it? Well, they said in the video, or that video, the Unsolved <laughs> Mysteries episode, the, they like interviewed the dive team and they said at the time the water the creek was only three feet deep so i don't know how much like diving they actually did but they were like i mean like we, if I'm he just, was like, there we would have found him like yeah i'm just like, envisioning like police in full dive gear yeah. like in three feet of water they're not they weren't comical. police but i know they were but, like worked with the police yeah i know but i'm just that's what i was imagining it was comical yeah so um again nothing was ever found um now about a sorry nothing was found for about a month okay uh the the police had theories like they're like well maybe alonzo started walking home because all of his like ride like his rides left yeah maybe he got like hard on the walk home maybe but he didn't have his boots exactly and his and that injury. ankle yeah that's, see that's why i wanted to note it before so his friends were like no, no that just doesn't make like no. i don't care how drunk you are like you're just as speaking from as someone from experience, experience um yeah when you sprain your ankle while drinking no there's absolutely no way i could barely walk down the stairs like right you're not gonna wa- try to walk 50 miles home especially without shoes and you didn't know where you are like yeah and yeah and like you said he's and why not would you take your shoes off big drinker no so like i don't know how much he drank this night see people said he looked like he was having fun like on a good time but that doesn't that mean doesn't mean anything. he was like super drunk or <laughs> yeah because like so yeah his friends were just like no not not no, that doesn't make any not sense. it <laughs> yeah no i'm with i'm with his friends that doesn't make sense to me um, now this whole time, this whole month, the Alonzo's family and friends were asking if they could go search the property themselves. Um, and they kept telling the family, no, no, no. Who is they? Like the police, the okay. KBI. Yeah. Okay. Uh, finally on May 1st, 2004, so a little under a month after Alonzo went missing, Alonzo's family was able to go and search the property themselves. Within 30 minutes, they found Alonzo's body on top of a pile of sticks and brush in the creek, just 200 meters from the house where the party was at. How could they have missed him if it was that close? My guess is they didn't miss him and that his body was moved after after the police had searched. Oh, that's even worse. Yeah. They... Because his brother actually was the one who found him. Oh, that poor man. And he said that, like... It didn't look like he his body had been in water for a month. And you, you would definitely be able to tell. Yeah. Um, and they also, like, in the Unsolved Mysteries episode, his, his mom has, like, the his the stuff that was, like, on his body. So it was, like, his wallet and yeah. stuff. And there's, pa- there's, like, a bunch of papers and stuff in there. And, and they're fine. They're, they, ha- they look like they were wet, but there's, like, no running of, like words or anything okay, it just so looks it definitely like it was like just like it, it just got damp. looked like it got wet yeah Ugh. but you would think if it was in the 
and for over a month yeah like, there's no things way. would have been smudged like or, or gone yeah or yeah like the paper could have disintegrated yeah at that point. or the ink like, might would have just faded or whatever yeah, yeah. so a little weird super weird um, every person who searched the area before the family said that if the body had been where it was found, um, they would have found it because it was just like, that just breaks my heart. Like his poor family. Yeah. Like having to be the ones that found him is just heartbreaking. Really sad. Yeah. Now the medical examiner on the case originally stated that he couldn't find a cause of death. There were no stab wounds or gunshot wounds. They couldn't tell for sure if he had been strangled or beaten or hit with anything. Um, The medical examiner at first didn't even know for sure if it was a homicide or not. So originally his death was listed as undetermined. Is that because of the amount of like decomp or... Because you would, I would think that some of those things would be fairly obvious. I, I'm, I believe like, that, like, for sure there is no stab wounds. But, like, if you were beaten to death, it would, you would imagine it'd be pretty obvious that you'd been beaten to death. Yeah, I guess I don't really know for sure for, like, a body being for a month. That's, yeah, that's. I'm not 100% sure. And who knows where it was even, like, kept, kept yeah. for a month. Like, who knows? Ugh, that's so terrible. Um, Now let's talk about this medical examiner. Oh boy. Super quick. The that's original never a good, for, good sentence. Medical examiner <laughs> slash coroner. I don't know if that's the same thing. Some of them said medical examiner. Some of them said coroner. I wonder if it has to do with like the degrees you have. Maybe. Um, His name was Dr. Eric Mitchell. Before Eric Mitchell came to Kansas, he was the medical examiner in Onondaga County, New York in 1993. While there, he voluntarily resigned after it was determined that he, quote, overstepped his authority and mismanaged his office, end quote. Now, um, what exactly did he do, may you ask? I was absolutely (laughs) going to ask that question. (laughs) It was found that he was routinely removing organs from corpses (gasps) without the consent of their families. And he was also um, improperly storing skeletons and body parts in his office. Oh my god. It was also reported that Dr. Eric Mitchell changed the time of death on one of his cases to match the timeline of the prosecution. <gasps> and this could have quite possibly caused an innocent man to go to jail. Oh my god. Um, so that's who we're working with in so this case. So an A-plus citizen right there. Yeah. apparently he's still a medical examiner in wisconsin what yeah yeah oh my god how and yeah i don't know dear whoever is in charge of that town i think what they said that fuck um i listened to a podcast episode about this case and i think what they said was that and i don't know if they had like facts for this but they said apparently like there's not a lot of medical examiners and coroners out there like it's just they're just not enough for the amount needed so they're just kind of like willing to hire whoever so they're like begging people to go to school to become medical examiners yeah so if you're interested in this at all they're like we need quality people like yeah because like i definitely could never but like there are people out there that that would actually be really good at it yeah and are really interested in it so if you're interested go to follow your dreams friends yeah (laughs) um in march of 2019 the FBI came out and said that they were closing the case because there was not enough evidence that it was actually a crime. 
Um, yeah. Great. I know. Great. Now, in July of 2020, the new season of Unsolved Mysteries aired on Netflix. And, and every single one of us binged the hell out of it, right? Yeah. <laughs> the um, case of Alonzo was featured, I believe, as the fourth episode. Um, after this aired, the FBI announced that they were exhuming the body of Alonzo. Good. And possibly looking into the fact that the crime was com- that a crime was committed and that it was racially motivated. Nine months later, on April 5th, 2021, the FBI released a statement saying that after a second autopsy, um, it was... a different coroner, I was It was, okay. yeah, I think they blew, flew it to, like, um, the body to, like, a military base somewhere, and a military person did it. Interesting. Yeah. Um, as the second autopsy determined Alonzo's cause of death was, in fact, homicide. I never found what... But like they, why? Okay, like, so they. I don't know how they weren't like by strangulation yeah. or whatever. Okay. No, I, I don't know for sure. But they know for sure that it was homicide. homicide. Okay, and that's all we really have on the case. There has never been any arrest made. Um, there's never been any persons of interest named. Um, there are a few theories that I can quickly throw out. Yes, please. Suspicion has always been thrown on the group of friends that Alonzo went to the party with that night. Well, yeah, because, like, that whole business was shady as well. Yeah, a lot of their stories just don't really make sense. Um, And, you know, and even if they they didn't have something to do with it, just don't leave your friends behind. Yeah, make sure you know where your friends are. Yeah, Um, like, I don't want to... It's not... If they didn't do it, it's not their fault. No, absolutely not. I want to... But... Yeah, but just make sure your friends are taken care of. Just just so that this doesn't happen to another friend. Um, right. I don't personally think that like they had anything to do with it. It doesn't seem like they do to me either. Yeah. But I just Just some like weird things happen. I feel like, like they like, were why just... stay for forty five minutes? Why go only go for an hour? Why drive yeah. an hour to literally leave? Why I mean not I'm, why again, if you get lost eighteen why not and nineteen year olds. Go so back and get your friend. Like they're not always thinking things through. Yeah. But and that so like to be fair, like you know, they who in their right mind at 18 or 19 is going to think anything bad's going to happen? Yeah, you think you're invincible when you're that yeah. old. You yeah. just do. And um, unfortunately, you're not. There's also a story that either Alonzo flirted with a white girl at the party or a white girl flirted with him. Oh, God forbid. And some of the other guys at the party didn't like that <sighs> very much, so they um, possibly beat him to death. Great. Another theory. Hate that theory. Is that Alonzo just got into it with the wrong person at the party and something happened to him. A lot of people also believe that many people in the town of Singe know exactly what happened to Alonzo that night and just no one's talking. Yeah. Um, I hope Alonzo's family eventually gets some answers, and I think he this case will be solved eventually. Personally, you do. I think someone's gonna talk eventually. You're thinking that just, someone's just gonna the yeah, girl's gonna get, get to, to him, him at some point, or I just yeah, I just think it's a matter of time. So I think it's not a matter of like if, but more like when. When personally, okay. So I could see that. Yeah. I mean just for his poor family to just have some sort of closure yeah you know and he just seemed like a really good guy yeah a lot of life and left it, to live and it, you don't think that like robbery or anything was a motive because like his stuff was found on him right mm-hmm. yeah so you'd think it was a, if it was a robbery like but also like where was his body for a month that yeah and that's super freaking weird too some people like well the me- that stupid medical examiner i believe it was 
was like, well, his body could have been upriver, and then when it rained, it could have been washed down the river and found where it was, but, like, no. And he was like, it'd be too hard for someone to move a body like that. And it's like... Not with two people. Or, yeah, like, who knows? So, I don't know. Um, I could move sad. your body right now. I'd wrap it up in that blanket and just drag you across the floor. You know, like, it's not... He's making it sound like it's so hard to move a body, and it's really not that hard. I mean, I think it'd be really hard, but... Think if you put your mind some to something, yeah. or if like it's a life or death situation, like or there's you need to move this person, body, or or you're gonna go to jail. Like, I think you could do it, but yeah, I think serious would not help me. I think he'd be a hindrance. So <laughs> that's all I have on this case. So you and your unsolved. I know. It's okay though. I love it. It's frustrating, but it's like I think the theories I, are interesting. At least this isn't a missing person. <laughs> There's that. You're right. Um, my sources are Lawrence Kansas Times, Esquire.com, Unsolved Mysteries episode four on Netflix, The New York Times, FBI.gov, and KWCH.com. So yeah. Interesting. I, I do think you're right, though. I do think this one is solvable. I just don't think we have enough yet. I just think someone someone's going to talk at some point. And I do think do that... Do you think they would talk to, like, save their own skin or just whatever? Talk, Just talk. Just talk, I think. Okay. Um, I think... Yeah, from what I can tell, like, what I've heard, or what it sounds like, I should say, yeah. like, the way that his friends made it seem, because all of his friends are on that Unsolved Mysteries episode. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. like, very vaguely that they're like this town was like full of racists and just like not a good place to be but also like if you knew that why did you bring your like black friend to a party there yeah that's a little, well again again like because they're 18 and 19 yeah. year olds and can't really judge them for the and blah 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 the decisions they made back then but no i mean i'm sure the guilt already oh, just sure. kills them yeah they seem very genuine on the show I remember. I think I. Re- I remember Justin. Yeah, he's, from the show, he and he. Yeah, I felt terrible for him when I watched it. Some people don't get that same vibe, but I don't know. I, he seems genuine to me. He seems like he really regrets everything that happened. So, yep, that's what I think. Okay. Well, hopefully, hopefully you're right. Yeah. And hopefully we're still doing this podcast when it happens. Yeah. Because <laughs> that'd be a an interesting update to get. Yeah very interesting so okay cool all right i think uh we can wrap it up yeah do we want to do socials yes so um our instagram is mw madness podcast our facebook group is midwest madness podcast and our gmail is mw madness at gmail.com awesome well um thanks for listening guys and uh have a good thanksgiving yeah happy thanksgiving we'll talk to you next tuesday Bye.